We're very fortunate uh, today to have uh, uh, Peter uh, Whitford, uh, who is the CEO of the uh, Meridian Rapid Defense Group, with us today to spend an hour or so with us to talk about the future of uh, perimeter security uh, down the road. So, Peter, I was so fortunate uh, to meet you uh, for the first time a couple of years ago at the Rose Bowl Festival. Uh, between the parade and you remember the game and, uh, uh, and 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 I had my first time in my life to really experience perimeter uh, defense for two major activities that day. Um, so as a specialist in uh, sports and entertainment security, I appreciate the value that um, Meridian Rapid uh, Defense Group brings to our uh, events, to, particularly to our event planners in reducing the risk for uh, the fan environment. Uh, and of course, without good security, we don't have a successful fan experience, Peter. So how does Meridian integrate security planning with the Rose Bowl planning committee? That's a great question, Lou. Let me sort of back up a little bit is that when we, when we do an event like this, it doesn't sort of happen within a week. You know, the preparation for these events and the planning go out six months. Um, and when you talk about the Rose Parade, uh, you're dealing with the Tournament of Roses. When you're talking about the Rose Bowl, you are dealing with the city of Pasadena, but run by the Rose Bowl. So the stakeholders are enormously complex. So in the Tournament of Roses, they really own everything that is between curb to curb. The city of Pasadena and the police own everything above the curb and beyond the parade route. So, so you really have four major areas to consider. You've got the parade route, which is 5.4 miles long. You've got close to 750,000 to a million people, depending on the parade. You have a command center uh, that sits right in the middle of this. And of course, people have always forgotten about the command center because they think that's where authority lies. But they've also discovered that if they're not protected, well, then they can't uh, take uh, control of the event. Yeah. And then, of course, you have the pre-event activities that happen when people look at floats. And then after that, you've got the activity that happens at the float fest, where people can go and view these um, after the parade has finished. And of course, when the parade finishes, you know, it has uh, uh, a quick turnaround to get people down to the Rose Bowl, which is really the fourth thing that people look at. Um, and and, and when you put all of that together and the complexities that run to that, and it's a nationally broadcast event, you know, things have to go in a very timely manner. So as I said, six months out, we start planning for that. More importantly, <clears throat> we put together a vehicle safety mitigation plan and we have the stakeholders sign off on that. Yes, yeah, and it's very integrate, integrated uh, as well. And. Uh, you also had some great experience with the World Games in Birmingham, Alabama last year. Uh, how different, was that any different than the Rose Bowl festivities? <clears throat> well, I think that every event is different. And when we look at the events, the reason that we are a, a company that people go to is that we're mobile. And when you have a mobile product, <clears throat> it can fit in a, a, a wide variety of events. So whether we're doing the uh, World Games in Birmingham, or whether we're doing the World Track and Field Games in Eugene, Oregon, or whether we're doing the Rose Bowl, or whether we're even doing 
the uh, draft for the NFL in Vegas. All of those are different. And when they're different, they have unique experiences associated with them. The fan has a unique connected connection to each of those events. They know what they want to do. And so the planning for all these events is critical. And you know we are the only people who sit there and put a vehicle safety mitigation plan in place. And we do that because we've got an enormous flow of people getting into an event, and we've got to also get them out of the event safely and back home. So there's no one size fits all. And I think Birmingham was a great example. We, I think in Birmingham had 250 barriers. We had 10 beam gates. We were able to set it up, make sure the perimeter is safe. But then again, it was different in Eugene, Oregon, where we had people who were in multiple locations and they had to get from one location to another and then feel safe in the event, similar to what we do at the Rose Bowl and the Rose Parade. Yeah. Well, how does a perimeter safety and security company like yours send a message to a fan? Well, I think that in sending a message to the fan, remember that every event is different. So if you had an event where um, you had a concert and the concert was targeted to nine to 15-year-old kids, well, they're not driving to the event. Uh, They're either being taken to the event by a parent. They're either catching an Uber uh, or a lift uh, to an event, uh, they're coming in by bus. And of course, uh, those zones have to be protected because there's a lot of people driving. And so every event is different. So in that type of event, we have to prepare for safe zones for drop-off and also for pickup. So that's a different type of event. Uh, and as people are starting to walk into the event, you know, they'll engage with us and our barriers, although they're two foot wide, four feet long and three feet high, we do have uh, a space above the barrier that we use to communicate to people. There are the directional communications saying this is an entry or an exit. Uh, They could have a QR code on them. And so when they have a QR code, it could be to enhance something in a fan experience area. It could be to enhance something in in the actual stadium itself. Or alternatively, it could have a QR code that says, keep this in mind because when you're exiting, this is the closest exit that you've got. So so we're permanently engaging with people and patrons who go to these events. And we're doing it in a way that is seamless because because with our barriers, um, we want to make sure that they're not sticking out there like a sore thumb. We want to make sure that they are there. So we do them in a variety of colors. Uh, you know, to make sure they assimilate with the rest of the community that's there. So, you know, some of them are in green, some of them are in white, some of them have safety colours attached to them. You know, we can we can market them and prepare them so they're not noticed. They're actually a seamless piece that people feel good about. Yeah. You know, Peter, you're out there. Uh, what, what are the biggest concerns do you see in our industry right now in dealing with crowds? <clears throat> Um, I think the the biggest concern that people have is, is it a safe place? I mean, when you think about areas like Waukesha, you know, where they had the Christmas parade, that was not safe. You have places in Birmingham, in the UK, in Manchester, where things have not been safe. You have farmers markets where things haven't been safe. If you think about what happened in Houston with the crowd surge uh, and all those sorts of things. so spacing people out, getting them in safely, 
making sure that all the technologies are working. So whether there are cameras working out there, whether there are metal detectors working, whether there are barriers far enough out to ensure that when the people do go through these checkpoints, they have security to know that even if they're in a street, they're still safe. So, so things have changed dramatically over the years how people get into an event. And I think 9-11 clearly uh, has made us more aware over the many years now that you know, things have changed. Um, how people uh, uh, use soft targets um, uh, to get attention is, 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 is actually very unique today. You know, they want to have the biggest impact with the lowest threshold. And that's where these perimeter securities become even more important today. When, when you refer to a fully certified vehicle safety mitigation plan, what do you mean? Well, what we first of all do is we ask the event holder, you know, what are the risk factors that are associated, you know, with their event? Where do they see large runways where people can enter, get trucks in there, cars in there, get up to certain speeds? Our job is to, first of all, slow everything down before anybody gets into the event so so anywhere where there is a speed limit that is 45 miles an hour 50 miles an hour we slow everything down to 30 miles an hour so whether we're putting in chicanes or serpentines or whether we're putting in uh, beam gates our job is to slow things down you know when we when we compare ourselves to other people you know there aren't that many accidents in school zones because they slow everybody down to 15 miles an hour. But when it comes to other activities where stadiums are, they don't think about the outer perimeter being slowed down. We do, because as people get closer and we funnel people in, a vehicle safety mitigation plan is important. So we get the coordinates uh, from the uh, event holder and we come up with a plan to say, this is what it would look like to slow things down. This is where the barriers need to go. You have people entering. What's the what's the main gate that they're going through? What's the secondary, third and fourth gate that they're going through? And how do we put that together? And so from a planning standpoint, we then start to stage our product. So a good example of a vehicle safety mitigation plan is over the Rose Parade. We have 650 barriers over 65 different locations. We have to stage those. And when the command center says to us, close down section A, they're looking at it from our vehicle safety mitigation plan, which is gonna be identical to the same zones that they have. So we have to integrate those. So when they say close down zone A, we close down zone A, we can close down the whole 5.4 miles of the Rose Parade with 16 people, 650 barriers in less than 30 minutes. And so that's the sort of speed that people are looking for because as the crowds start to um, build up, you've got to make sure you can get in there very, very quickly with a team of people who are specialists to close that down. And Likewise, you have the same effect when it comes to the opening. So putting a vehicle safety mitigation plan together is critical. It's not about dropping off a product or dropping off a barrier. You've got to actually say, where are they going to go? Why are they going there? And what, and, and, and what part of the event are you trying to protect? And how far out should they be? So we spend a lot of time doing that. It's part of the technology that we provide. Uh, we provide those plans. We 
we walk every site that we do we make sure we connect it to google maps and we put that together and we place everything and people look at the plan and it sounds strange but you know we look at things from north south east and west we know how the product has to be placed where the where the traffic's coming how the barrier has to be put in place in the right direction and then of course any any signage that we have goes on top it could be road closed or it could be a marketing sign and they sit there but before we sort of leave vehicle safety mitigation planning, it's not just the plan. Then we do for every single event an after action report, what we call an AAR, and sit down and say, you know, did we catch everything? Is there anything that we missed? Did we get a comment from a, a fan or a customer or someone at the event that we need to rectify and fix for next time? What are the learnings that we come out of that? So we then come back and connect the original vehicle safety mitigation plan and look at it from an after action report so we're continually improving on what we're doing when it comes to the safety of the people and the communities and the places where we're actually deploying our barriers yeah you know you talk about soft targets uh uh i noticed that uh, your safety act approved uh, tell the folks a little bit about that sure i mean when you uh um, put our product out. First of all, it takes many, many years to get into this business. So you've got to put a lot of research and development in. Uh, you've got to go out and do a lot of crash testing. And our crash testing is 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 done with global certification. So in the case of Europe, you know, we use their PAS 68 standard and we've taken our barriers across there and tested those. So we are PAS 68 certified. Um, uh, and that's mainly used in the UK and Europe. They use IWA 14, which we have been tested and certified in that. And of course, in the United States, you need to be ASTM crash tested, which we are certified. We continue to crash test at least four times a year to ensure that we have the latest uh, configurations for deployment, because as the mobility and the events are so different, we do that. To get uh, Safety Act certified, we first of all became Safety Act designated. And so we're both designated and certified uh, by the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, and that ensures um, promoters, uh, event organizers, stadiums, uh, that if they're using our product and there is an attack of terror, that they are covered. And the Department of Homeland Security will step in front of us and take on the full liability of the event. So knowing our product is Safety Act designated and certified really gives an event organizer the assurity that they have the best and the latest hard technology to protect their patrons and that, that all the liability uh, is then covered. And of course, we have our own insurances, but to be Safety Act certified and designated does allow us that extra level of uh, protection. To, you know, to get a Safety Act certification, it's not easy. You know, they go out and they uh, look at all of our drawings, they certify all of our crash tests, they look at all of our factories that we make our product in, uh, they speak to our customers uh, to understand what we're doing, they look at our financials, because it's not something that they hand out easily. And of course, you know, with our vehicle safety mitigation planning and our after action reports, we can now have a audit trail of what we do to ensure that we're always doing the things that we say we do. Yeah, very well done. You know, while I have you too today, let's talk about tomorrow a little bit. Uh, you know, we look at uh, artificial intelligence. We're looking at uh, alternative uh, or autonomous devices. We're looking at sensors. 
Where do you see the industry moving when, it, when we talk about perimeter and making smart perimeter decisions? Where do you see where, where we're going? Well, I think that you know, if we if we really go a little bit forward in the future, we're really not just protecting the perimeter, we're trying to enhance the experience. So therefore, um, if I use words like, how do we improve the mood of the patron you know that's that's an intangible you know what does the mood barometer look like well you can see when crowds are happy and when they're not happy but how do you use that information to make it a better fan experience how do you engage quickly if you see the mood of the crowd going down and there's frustration and if you see the mood of the crowd going up and of course a lot of that is done through cameras um and and of course we're the first point of call so you know we we can mount cat cameras to every one of our barriers we can certainly put other uh, pieces of technology that talks about flow of people going in uh, you can connect qr codes to that you can do artificial intelligence you can start to put screens on top of each of our barriers so you know if there is an incident you know you can communicate it quickly uh, if someone has gone through and they have been recognized as someone who uh Potentially could do harm. Photos can go up on top of our computer as well. You know, we're very careful to understand what the privacy rights are of people, but we're also very keen to make sure that the safety rights of people uh, are looked after at the same time. So, so when we think about our barrier of hard technology, we think maybe it could be a smart barrier. So how does it integrate with all the other software pieces that are making these experiences very unique? And of course, when you do this, you've got to do it in a coordinated way. And 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 we would be the first people uh, uh, to do that. You know, often when we have uh, some of the consortium meetings that we attend with you and people say, well, there's a lot of technology here. And we say, yes, but, you know, if you don't have a patron, you can't use the technology. So we're really part of that piece as well. So so going forward, I think there has to be uh, a greater level of awareness to bring all of this together. So when you bring it together, the 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 fan, the customer, and uh, becomes just even greater again. And of course, it's not just that event you're going to when you look forward how do i get to the next event how do i get the customer to spend more how do i actually make more money as a promoter and how can i reinvest that money that is being made into better experiences for people so i think looking forward you've got to think about those sorts of elements yeah and and you know our industry is changing again uh with more outdoor experiences than ever uh we're seeing a change in uh uh, premium spacing and and uh, uh, large gatherings of people outside stadiums, etc. So you become more and more important to us as we go down the, the lane here uh, with a changing environment. Well, Peter, it's been wonderful to have you here today and uh, uh, want to thank you. And if people are interested in contacting you, how would they contact you? Well, you know, they can get in touch with us through our website, um, which is meridian-barrier.com. Uh, we have a lot of interaction on there. If people are interested in finding out more, you know, we have certain quizzes on the site, um, which they can take and uh, it'll direct them in a particular direction one way or the other. Um, you know, we have a uh, full, fully integrated sales team here at Meridian. Uh, we're, we're the only seller of our product and we're the only manufacturer of our product. So everything we do as a company uh, is, is in fact 
fully vertically integrated, even to the point that we're not just selling anymore. We now have a very significant rental business today uh, in every single state uh, of the US. You know, we now rent, have barriers, have beam gates, and it's very, very easy to protect an event using us. Uh, and we're here happy to engage with other people <clears throat> as we go along. Uh, my email address, very simple, it's pwhitford, W-H-I-T-F-O-R-D, at meridian-barrier.com. Uh, and uh, by all means, reach out to me directly. Uh, I, I love to hear from customers, love to get out in the field. So uh, at any time, happy to speak to anyone. Thank you, uh, Peter. Thanks, Luke. Really appreciate the time.